0: Welcome back to the Fuel Your Fire podcast, brought to you by Gatorade Endurance and Octane Athletics Training Systems. Hey everybody, it's Coach Dave here. I wanted to take a minute to thank the folks at Gatorade. As you guys know, they're a sponsor of ours. I'm also lucky enough to be on the endurance team. And let's take a minute to understand a little bit more about what Gatorade Endurance Formula is, because it's not your typical gas station or grocery store Gatorade. Gatorade Endurance is specifically formulated for us, runners, triathletes, cyclists, It's a special blend that has twice the sodium and three times the potassium as the stuff that you'll find in the gas station. It's also pretty important for you guys to try out in your training because it's also on course at about 400 of the most popular events out there. Uh, Events like Boston Marathon, uh, the New York City Marathon, the Chicago Marathon, the Dallas Marathon, the Rock and Roll Series events, as well as Ironman. As of 2015, it'll be the hydration sponsor available on course at all of the United States uh, Ironman events 70.3 and full distance Ironman. So you definitely want to get your hands on the stuff. I've got athletes that I work with that also use it and and most of them enjoy it very much. So go to the website, octane-athletics.com. There's an Amazon link in the upper right corner of the page. That'll take you to Amazon where you can get uh, your Gatorade endurance formula. It is Prime eligible. So if you are an Amazon Prime member, that shipping for you would be free. It's also available at some of your local endurance running stores, triathlon stores. Head on into those places and see if they carry it. If they don't, see if they will carry it and give it a shot. I think it's great stuff. And again, it's on course at all those events. So it makes a lot of sense for you guys to be working with it in your training to make sure that it's something that will work with your system. So go out and try Gator Endurance. Octane Athletics training systems is endurance coaching taken to a completely different level. Our coaches use a very optimistic, positive approach to help the athlete strike a balance in life, work, family, and endurance goals so that they can be successful in every one of those dimensions. We do this by focusing with our clients on communication and collaboration. We do this by instituting teamwork, optimism, and positivity within the coaching staff. So if you're interested in what we have to offer, please head to octane-athletics.com slash coaching on that page. You can get to uh, some profiles for the four coaches on staff, and you can also click on the contact us link, and we will get back to you uh, very quickly to schedule a free consultation to discuss our uh, point of view on endurance coaching and more importantly, your goals and how we might apply those. So uh, again, Again, octane-athletics.com slash coaching, and we look forward to speaking with you very soon. Hey, Randy. Yes, David. Happy 50th birthday. Happy, this is episode 50.
1: Happy 50th anniversary
0: of our first recording ever. 50 freaking podcasts. This one doesn't include the do you know minutes. No, it's 50 weeks. 50, well, not even 50 weeks. It's,
1: we we haven't been that, we haven't exactly been um,
0: We've been close of, to one a week. Close. If you yeah. think about it, it's been close to one a week.
1: That's still a lot. I haven't. I don't think I've ever done anything this many times in a row, except for training. But even training, you know, it's not. I don't think I could run fifty hey, times in a row. Hey, Randy, yes. you haven't
0: trained fifty times in a row.
1: Come on, dude. <laughs> Last week was a bad week. I will tell you this though.
0: It wasn't too bad. Would you miss one workout or two?
1: <sighs> like two workouts, but I'll tell you, dude, that workout you gave me today. Was was no kidding. I mean, that was a tough workout, bro. Well,
0: hey, man, welcome to Iron Man.
1: I know, but I get Iron Man. <laughs> what I don't get is like the 27 minutes in zone four of, uh, but I did it. And I was actually, I, w- I was pretty impressed, but the run afterwards was, was horrid. I, I was out of juice for the run. So the
0: difference is like if I was coaching somebody who was bringing fitness back. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have you do, I wouldn't have that athlete do zone four. I'd have them in two and three. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you didn't take big a big break between Austin and hopping into this because you couldn't. So right. you're a beneficiary of built fitness that we didn't let loose of. Like, so there's no, there's not a whole hell of a lot of need for us to go back and do a lot of baseline stuff. So that's why you're getting zone four now.
1: I like it, but at the same time, I, I had the same thoughts that I had uh, the first Austin race when I was about halfway through the half marathon. The first time I did Austin, I'm like, this sucks. I don't even know why I'm doing this. And I I had that thought today. I'm like, this isn't even fun. I don't know why I'm doing this. It sucks. But uh, I felt pretty good afterwards.
0: Well, here's the good news. You have uh, about 20 weeks left. (laughs) I know. Only 20 more weeks. So, yeah, you have a lot to look forward to.
1: It was, just, it was just tough. Here, here, Coach, I got a question for you. What? Why don't we do all the Zone 4 stuff at the latter part of the workout where we're already tired out from doing the, the Zone 3 or high Zone 3 stuff? Why don't, why don't we flip that on his head, put the Zone 4 stuff in the beginning, and then...
0: We don't always do it last, but the reason I do it last on the workout I gave you today is because in the race, at the end, you're going to want to be able to push through fatigue and pain. Mm -hmm. And so this, the workout I gave you today is as much about mental adaptation as it is about physiological adaptation.
1: Well, mentally I was very pissy afterwards, but
0: yeah, I get it. You should be, it's not easy, but what you should feel good about is the fact that you you lived another through another workout and you got through it and you pushed through it. And I haven't looked at the file yet, but I'm assuming that you did exactly what you needed to do. And
1: yeah, well, I've never spent this much time in zone 4, I'll tell you that much. Well,
0: like I said, a lot of that is cuz, you know, you didn't take a big break after Austin, so we're we're working with banked fitness and because of that, we can do we can add a little bit of intensity early. Perfect. But I have to watch that cuz I also don't want to break you. So No.
1: Well, I mean, that's what I love about TSB. The uh and if anybody doesn't know what TSB score is it's uh it can be a negative number or a positive number. But it's really cool if you're in training peaks and you have a premium account. You basically anything from like a negative 10 to a positive 10 is good, kind of. But if you start to get below like a negative 10, you're that's carrying a lot of fatigue. Or if you get above like a positive 10, I mean, it means you're too fresh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Joe Friel wrote a pretty good uh, uh, article about TSP score. It's a. If you, if you like to nerd out on that, I highly recommend it. We can put that in the show notes, I
0: guess. Yeah, well, by the way, about the show notes. Yes, sir. You want me to put something in the show notes? You need to remind me, because guess who will forget? This guy.
1: <laughs> I'm opening up a blank file right now.
0: I didn't forget too much last week, but I'm pretty bad about it, I'll admit. So.
1: Well, it's not like you don't have anything else going on.
0: No, it's not a matter of that, but if we talk about something and we're going to put it in the show notes, I need to I need to do a better job of including it. Because that's what, that's what people listen for, Are those nuggets, those powerful nuggets of information. Speaking of, I had a bunch of downloads to the little 12-week beginner sprint triathlon good, plan man. that we put out there. That's good, right?
1: I think that's great.
0: It kind of uh, points us in the direction that we're going in terms of 2016 and people wanting to get into triathlon. And...
1: i tell you what else was good is Sunday, Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, it was good, man. We had a great, uh, great showing out there. We, For those that don't know what we're talking about, uh, we did a, a run clinics. Coach Sergio, who's one of the Octane coaches, is a phenomenal run coach. Is he not, Randy? He any?
1: impressed the heck out of me. That was just just the. It was worth the price of admission, which, incidentally, was free. <laughs> uh, it was worth the price of admission just for the that initial uh those initial drills we did in the parking lot I mean that is gold yeah I mean all of those were really great
0: yeah we have a run coach on on our team that will change your run life I think I'm actually a little jealous because you guys got to go through that whole thing and I've been run coach I've had Sergio sure, help me on my run before but I couldn't participate Sunday because the knee's still not ready after all these months but he did a great job, man, and I'm not just saying that because I have to and I'm biased. The feedback from folks was that it was pretty helpful and pretty great. He's super passionate about it, which is kind of nice, man. He, he'll run right beside you, and well, you know,
1: he was running laps the opposite direction that I was, and you know, he was coaching me up, you know. And the cool thing was, it was like uh, he was telling me, you know, get your, uh, you know, get your arms up, and that's one thing I'm, I'm not very good about is is really you know, incorporating my arm swing oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Into, into it. And it really, it really is, uh,
0: it really made a difference. While we're on this topic, I think we didn't hadn't talked about talking about this, Randy, so I'm kind of popping this on you, but that's what we do around here. Well, I think it is good. So when we decided to step out and do this thing, it, it didn't come with, without conflict. And one of those conflicting things was, oh, you're creating a club and whatnot, and we're not creating a club, but what we are going to do is we're going to we're going to add value to our for our clients. That's just the bottom line. So, the plan for us, for especially for the folks that are local, is uh, we're going to do three to four workouts a week that are um, for our athletes, and uh, we'll have a track and a swim, you know, basically a swim, bike, and a run every week. And then we're going to have an open water every other week. So that's kind of the plan for the octane athletics training systems folks is, uh, those are the group workouts we'll offer. And aside from that, our strategy is to find the best clubs in our athletes area and get them to work with those clubs. And so here locally, uh, I'm going to be meeting with the leadership for a lot of the local clubs and, if an athlete lives in those in the area, I'm going to kind of do some due diligence on those clubs. And if the athlete lives in that area, then we're going to point them in that direction because we fundamentally believe that clubs are a important part of what uh, of the athlete's ecosystem. And so we're going to do that. And to that point, even like for the athletes that don't live close to us, Jolene just moved to Ohio. And so I got on the Internet and found a club in her area and asked one of the coaches about a lot about that club and found her a home and so we are going to be very much club agnostic if a club is in your area and it's a quality club then we're going to have our athletes uh we're going to we're going to kind of lead our athletes to you know consider joining those clubs and participating in those group workouts and yeah and those kinds of things so
1: well and there's different people out there myself Personally, as I I don't like to train with other people. I mean, every once in a while I, I like to do a group ride, or obviously you know open water swims is is something different. But I really like just doing my own thing. It's but just there's anti-social. a lot of people out there. <laughs> that's probably it. But there's a lot of people out there that really enjoy that that group dynamic to a point where sometimes they'll skip workouts if they don't have that group dynamic. So it was always kind of my my unspoken thought with, you know, the podcast when we started is just to open it up to everybody out there, you know, this is information for everybody and I'm really glad that we're moving in this direction to be saying, you know, being more all-inclusive of all the different clubs uh, within DFW because there's not... You know, there's not a one-size-fits-all club out there. And I think, you know, depending upon where you live geographically, you know, it doesn't make sense to drive an hour and a half or two hours across the Metroplex to, to do a workout. Yeah, so. unless it's a
0: key workout, you know, like some clubs are good at open executing open water swims and stuff like that. And, you know, so that, that makes those workouts worth traveling to, to. But in general, I agree with you. I mean, who the hell wants to drive 40 minutes to work out for another 40 minutes, right? I mean, right. Yeah doesn't make any sense. So, anyway, just uh that's come up here locally especially, but you know, our our point of view on this is that clubs are a very important part of the overall triathlon and endurance ecosystem and we're going to encourage our athletes to participate in in clubs where applicable and you know, to your point, some athletes just rather not and I get it. I'm one of the athletes that actually likes training with other people, but anyway, I just want to touch on that, but yeah, that Sunday event was awesome, like, I didn't, had no idea that we'd have, you know, 23 people out there for our very first group workout, and we did, and it was, you know, 7 a.m. on a Sunday in the middle of December, and there they were, so that really, really made me feel good, man, not to get all, you know, I don't know, weird about it, but.
1: Well, I know. I mean, you put so much work in into something, and you have a, a dream, and and you know that you know what you want to happen, but it's something different when people actually show up for it. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: you know, for me, it was just a big risk. You know, just in terms of what we were doing and what we are doing now, and I was like, I have, you know, a lot of a lot of the, when you do things like this, you just a lot of it is I think this is the right thing to do, but you never really know until you. You try, and that was the first attempt, and it was pretty awesome. I think,
1: for me, and I'm going to get a little philosophical on you. I think when you have an athlete, an athlete's needs in mind, and you want to help other people, and that's your number one priority is helping other people, either to achieve their goals or get faster, whatever it may be. When when you're not focused on what we or I or you want, you know from from whatever viewpoint it may be, but when we're focused on what other people, I think it's hard to fail.
0: Yeah, if
1: um, that's just my opinion. I mean, I, it, like you said, when Sergio, it's the, a good
0: point. I'll honestly tell you, I didn't think of it that way until you just said it. Well,
1: think uh, think about it. You just talked about it. You talked about how passionate Sergio is about running. Yeah, I I have that same passion about strength training and things like that, and you have that same passion for athletes in general. So that shows through. I mean. When you go and you're trying to sell a product to somebody and you don't believe in the product, it shows through. And when you do believe, like Recovery Pump, it's easy for me to rave about Recovery Pump because I really love it. And I think it's an integral part of my training
0: program. That's, you know, when you when you believe in the products, it's pretty transparent. That is true. So with that, let's uh, let's talk about one of your passions because I think that's one of the topics we want to cover off on today. Strength training. Yeah, strength training. So I think what's going to be great about this discussion is I think there are some thoughts here that we sort of differ on. I don't say we disagree. I just think we have a little different perspective or maybe... Approach, And by the way, I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. If you don't put yourself in a situation where you don't, you know, you're not challenging your thoughts and your, you know, ideas, then you're not really going to get any better or anything. So I think that's good. But one of the things that we were talking about is, and we talked about strength training lots before, but because we think it's such a critical component of like right now, the the winter months.
1: Mm -hmm. This is the time right now.
0: Yeah, just to prepare for what's to come. I think it's worth us, you know, revisiting it and maybe revisiting with a little bit different focus. Because I think we both have a little different perspective on this than maybe we did six months ago. Yeah. For different reasons, so.
1: Yeah. Well, and and so I have a tendency to get a little bit off in the weeds, as you may know. <laughs> so if, uh, if I get off the fairway, uh, you know, pull me back in, Dan. I will. Uh, and listen,
0: if you do feel like you want to get in the weeds, that's why we have... Articles and blog posts. So well,
1: and and this is really so. I'm so I've been working on something for a few weeks now, and and I'll be purely transparent. Most of this comes right out of Dixon's book, uh, "Well Built Triathlete," which I highly recommend. Um, and Mr. Dixon or Coach Dixon has a has a pretty um, a pretty passionate take on strength training. Um, so uh, a lot of this stuff is. Um, like I said, right out of his book, but I've incorporated some of the stuff that I've learned, um, just with my own background and things like that. Uh, but we are not going to go into it. I do plan on doing this as a presentation and, and uh, I will do it, uh, on, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm getting a little bit of a cold. I'll do it online though
0: and make it available to everybody. And then we'll- I didn't know if it was cold, you're getting a cold or you're finally going through puberty. It's uh,
1: a little bit <laughs> of both. Um,
0: I'm excited. Uh, I
1: I started shaving last week. Yeah, you um, hit
0: it. You hit it super late. You're lucky though. Yeah.
1: No, I was, I was shaving when I was in fifth grade, which <laughs> is not fun. No? Oh man. Uh, uh, it's the Nebraska corn. They put steroids in yeah. it. You go through. Pu- you go through puberty. Genetically energy.
0: modified corn.
1: GMOs, man. Uh, so what, uh, David? Obviously, we agree that strength training is important.
0: Yes, we definitely agree with that. And
1: the way that Matt Dixon describes it and the way that I describe it was if you have a dartboard and the swim, bike, and run would be the bullseye, this would be the ring that surrounds
0: the bullseye. I love it. That's good. You like that? I do like it. It's it's good. I've not uh, – yeah, that's good. All right, so –
1: Strength strength training and, uh, and uh, conditioning needs to needs to fall within your and I think everyone agrees with this It needs to fall within where you 're at in the overall training program so this this is a piece of that puzzle that needs to fit in there very securely so when i what I say by that is you know a lot of people they may use different terms, but they normally mean the same same type of thing a base training. Uh, a build training and then kind of an in season style of training and strength training should mimic that. So, to have a program that doesn't mimic that is not going to maximize the effectiveness of the program. So, I think we agree on that as well.
0: We do agree on that. I think that the differences, as I generally like I do with most things, I use the Kiss principle and mm-hmm. I keep it super simple. Um, and maybe that's because I can't get out. My lane is very narrow. Where yours, you come from a strength training and bodybuilding background, so you spent my the the extent of my strength training, Randy, comes in two flavors: the football flavor, where mm-hmm. you're just in there and you're in the squat rack and you're on the leg press, and especially back in the you know. 80s, where you and I grew up, or at least me, and you know, you go to the gym, and your workouts consist of, you know, really a few very simple exercises: squats, deadlifts, uh, bench presses, and um, usually like a, moments, like a mi- like a like a military press or yeah, something like that.
1: Did you not have a strength coach though at your college?
0: Yeah, man, but. You know, it's not like – I had a friend, uh, Jim Freeland, who played for BYU. And he comes home for the first summer, and he, like, he shows me their strength training program. And I'm like, this is so badass, man. We don't have this here. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it really all just depends on the program. I mean, he's playing for a, a big D1 program, so. Well, when
1: I was at University of Nebraska, so we each – basically they had a whole wall of of – it looked like a giant file cabinet – and uh, you just went to your last name and you pulled it out and you found your name. And every day there's a one, it was a sheet and it had everything you did for that day with your weights included. So it was very, and that's, that was the point I'm trying to make or segue into is it was very progressive in nature. So although a lot of the exercises may have been repeated throughout different, um, throughout different sections of the overall annual plan or overall plan, there was always it was progressive in nature and what i mean by progressive is um the stress load would go up uh over time and stress load can go up for utilizing a variety of different factors just like you can increase your stress on the run by either running uh, a lot of intervals and doing it in a shorter amount of time or you can run zone 2 for a longer amount of time the um the the same outcome is that your stress goes up so I think everyone would agree is if you don't stress your body, there's not going to be any adaptation to that stress. Um, and any type of gains that you're going to make are going to be stagnant. So the whole point is is our swim, bike, and run training should be, uh, for the most part, um, progressive in nature. And even if it's just progressing in volume, it's still progressing. So it's adding that added stress that's going to cause... Um, is going to cause an adaptation by the body. So the same thing should be said
0: for your strength program. Right. So I think we agree on that. We do. So let me ask you a question. Sure. What do you feel athletes... So let me give you four different categories that I think about strength training in, okay? Okay. I think about... So throughout one of my athlete clients training program, I think about strength in four ways. I might, Are the exercises tailored towards stability and muscular endurance? Are they tailored towards um, building kind of max strength? Are they tailored towards adding a, a component on top of the max strength for explosiveness or power? Or fourth being we've done all those three things now, how are we just using, utilizing that and maintaining that? So right now, from your perspective, are you do you think that athletes should be doing a little bit of all of those things, or do you think they should be doing um, one of them and which if if so, which one is it um,
1: i think well i don 't think they 're mutually exclusive. I think they can be incorporated i think those goals, and I think overall that's what you know you're talking about is what is the strength program? what should it look like um, but I think different exercises can incorporate some of all of that. Um, and really, why do we want to do a strength program anyway? I mean, the the obvious answer is to improve performance. But we also want to reduce and avoid injuries, and we want to enjoy, enjoy the race experience. Um, so to answer your question, I think there's not an easy answer to your question, but I don't think... Exercises fit neatly into those four categories. I think there's a lot of overlap, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense. Now, I'm not implying that exercises fit neatly in any of those categories. I'm saying, in my mind, and again, my mind is very simple when it comes to this, Um, this is just the way that works for me to think about it. For example, right, I mean, stability and endurance is what I have my athletes doing right now. Everybody, Mm -hmm. well, everybody except for you, and you kind of carve your own strength out, and I just give you a day that you do strength, and you do what you you want, because that's your area of expertise, and so I'm not going to tell you what to do. But for everybody else, I really have them keying on the stability and and endurance components right now, and I do that Mm -hmm. because I think that coming off of the season, last season, That's the smartest thing for a lot of athletes to be doing is just focus on, you know, stability weaknesses, uh, imbalances, Mm -hmm. um, deficiencies in muscular endurance, um, those kinds of things. So really right now for most of my athletes, especially athletes that have an early season A race, I have them working on the stability endurance stuff. And again... To your point, Randy, like that doesn't mean I don't have them doing squats because I do. But they're doing, mm-hmm. they're doing squats for example that are not weighted. They're mm-hmm. doing squats that I want them doing the movement very uh, specifically. I want them doing it slowly. I want them making mm-hmm. sure that their uh, quad their quad muscles are parallel with the ground before they come back up, right? I want them pushing from through their heel and not out up front on their toes, right? So. Where later, like for a max strength thing, I'll have them do squats, but I'm gonna add some weight to it. I may even mm-hmm. have them do it with an Olympic bar on their shoulders, right? So I'm with you and we're this is where I talked about where we don't I'm not gonna completely agree on everything, but yeah, um you know that's that's the, the my different way of thinking about it and I don't think either one's wrong. I just think that no,
1: I don't think it is either. Um, the one thing though that you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me is. You mentioned limiters. And I guess I would ask you, how do you, how do you determine what those limiters are? Uh, is
0: it self-reported? Uh, um, it depends. If the athlete's here, uh, I may have them run through a set of, a set of movements and then tell me. I may, I may meet with them. right? So let me give you an example. So last year I had Harold Wilson, who's another triathlete and a coach who's amazing. He lives in Austin now. Um, He's also a strength trainer, a really good one. And I had him take me through uh, the FMS, functional movement screen, right? He's Mm -hmm. a certified practitioner in that. And he took me through, there's seven movements there, and I won't go through them all. You guys can Google it. And he took me through each one of those to determine where my limiters were. So one of them is like a squat. Another one is uh, a push-up There's one where there's a hurdle and um, you go through the, you you kind of, you step over the hurdle to determine if there's any imbalance left to right. Um, There's like a lunge and what they call an inline lunge that kind of shows you if there's deficiencies in in torso or shoulder or hip or ankle mobility, um, stability in those same muscles, whether or not the quads are flexible, those kinds of things. Um, There's a straight leg raise where it measures your flexibility in your hamstrings, which mine are terrible. Um, So there, anyway, I'm not going to read them all off. You guys can, can, can Google this, but I like those kinds of screens. And not necessarily, it doesn't have to be FMS, but I like to, if I can, I like to kind of get the athlete to assess what they look like um, in, in these kind of basic movements. And if they do a plank, for example, and, they can't hold it or they hold it, but they're shaking like crazy, right? Those are two different issues. Like if they can hold it, but they're shaking like crazy, that's a neuromuscular thing. Like the brain's not doing the right thing with the muscles in terms of telling it what to do. Yeah. They're, they're physically strong enough to hold the plank, but the, but the shaking is coming from a neuromuscular deficiency. So you got to give them things to work on to build that, for example. Yeah. So that, that's how I do it.
1: I think you keyed in on a, on, a, on a really important factor here: is that there is some type of of screening. <clears throat> so, without some type of screening, in my opinion, it would be equivalent or analogous to um, not knowing what your you know your lactate threshold pace was on on uh, on your run. So, let's say a guy can run uh, 830 minute mile, you know, at LT, but we're prescribing him workouts that are at, you know, 10 and a half minutes, 11 minutes. And even his, his high, his high, uh, intervals are, are only, you know, 10 minutes. So what is that going to, is that going to add any stress? No, it's not because he's, he's going to have different needs. He's going to have a different, um, uh, performance level than other people are, so there needs to be some type of screening some type of of identifying of where that where the athlete needs to improve upon otherwise, in my opinion you 're really wasting your time i mean you might as well just go to a yoga class or do something else or not even do anything because you 're not going to be really um
0: identifying well you don't mean that right i mean. Honestly, you don't mean that. You don't mean to say that. Just don't even bother to do anything if you don't do the screen, because I know you don't believe that. Like something's always mm. better than nothing. Like you, I've heard you say no, that before. I, so yeah. going to yoga, for no, example, if for sure, I mean, and it'll help your flexibility. So it'll solve some things for sure. Now it would be great. Well, I think what you're trying to say, Randy, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or correct you, but I think what you're really getting at is. If you do the screen, like if you have somebody look at you and do a screen, you could be very, you could be, first of all, you could be sure of where your deficiencies are. And then you could be very specific in how to remedy those. Is that really what you're trying to say? Um, Yes.
1: And um, I take it to the point where I'm not going to prescribe a strength program to any athlete unless I do a screen. So all the athletes that, you know, that fit in within Octane, uh, you know, athletic training systems, if they want a program from me, they're getting a screen um, right. simply because I don't want them to waste their time. Sure, they can make improvements, but why do you want to waste your time? Why not, why not really focus in on the things that you need to improve on? Yeah, Make um, sure it's specific.
0: Every, it's just like, just like any other training, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody needs increased mobility. Everybody needs improved motor control and balance. Everybody needs you know progressive strength and stability development um, and injury prevention, but not everyone's going to need it in the areas that they're deficient in so while a lot of the a lot of the exercises may be similar for athlete to athlete, really, I would say that not doing a screening and not testing. Um, some of your strength levels and different exercises is really analogous to not determining what your heart rate zones are
0: or what your power zones are. Uh, that's how that's how yeah. passionately I believe in it. Okay, so I agree with that uh, generally. I mean, I did, not a generally. I all the way agree with that. I mean, you don't want to – I mean, if somebody – you give somebody a workout and you say, okay, be in zone two, and they don't know what that means. Well, then it's not – they're not going to get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Or not as much out of it. They'll get something out mm-hmm. of it, but it won't be specific enough. So I agree with I that. I
1: mean, there, there, and you mentioned it. There's so there's neuromuscular um, adaptations. So when you start to do a squat, if no one's ever done a squat before, they're going to get better at doing a squat right away. It's not because that their muscles are actually you know getting stronger or their muscle fibers are getting stronger. It's because their their central nervous system is getting better at recruiting more muscle fibers. So. Not only do you need to train your body, you need to train your brain. And some of these exercises that we do, especially with the biking, swimming, don't come naturally to us. You know, they're not like walking around or running. Running's a more natural for
0: Yeah, we learn to run when we're for four years old.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. But we don't learn to ride a bike and we don't learn to swim until later on. We may learn how to swim when we're young but we may have had a long time away from that before we get back in the pool and doing our first triathlon. So the point being is you need to train your brain to be able to innervate these different, and they're called motor units, and it's a group of muscle fibers. So the more motor units you recruit, the better you're going to be at that movement, the stronger you're going to be at that movement. While you may not have gained any strength or actually changed any of your physiology in that muscle, but you're still stronger at it. So we want that too. So you, you really keyed in on that. That's what a lot of these functional movements, increased mobility is for. It's for us to get better at working in planes of motion that we are not common, uh, we are not good at. And most most of us are either sitting in a car, sitting at a desk, or standing on a line somewhere doing something very repetitively. Well, guess what? We're very good at doing those movements what we're not good at is getting out there and doing one-legged drills on the bike, which I hate. <laughs> but I do. I do them because I know I need help on that. But that's 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 really what we're talking about here. I think, and I think we agree on that. Yeah, we do.
0: So let me add another, a couple of thoughts on this too, because you just you just kind of remind me of two things. Number one, if you, when we're young, when, let's think about run for a minute. When we're young, we probably have the best run form that we're ever going to have in our life. Yeah. Go out there if you have kids that are four or five years old. They all stand. Tall. Generally speaking, you watch those kids run, and uh, you're going to wish you ran away. way. Yeah. And I know this because this past weekend, when we were, you know, just sort of, you know, around a bunch of kids, I actually noticed. I'm like, man, that. It's I'm I'm jealous by the way this five year old is running because it's just they don't think about it they're just doing it and they lean forward and they they use all the muscles in their legs they're driving their knee forward all those kinds of things so they're pumping their arms really yeah high. yeah the other thing you mentioned that I think is kind of important is the specificity of this, this strength training I think is more important than the quantity of it no I agree so. Like right now, I'm kind of on this four movement kick with my athlete, so I'm having them do really like four exercises, five exercises in a workout. Now I'm having them repeat that three times, you know, kind of cycle through them. But four very specific movements. And uh, one thing I want to put out there, Randy, for on our on our page, and I'll I'll get you to bless it because you're kind of our strength guy, but I want to put out what what some of those cool you know i'll, I'll pull them straight out of my th- training peaks and just share them with everybody because one of the things we do around here is just share our knowledge so i'm just going to share them with you guys in terms of what those you know four and five movement workouts look like and i'll get randy to kind of pull some of his stuff too but i'll put that on our resource page so you guys can kind of see what i'm talking about but it's it's quality it's of the movement it's specific to the to the benefits usually they're they're compound movements or multi-joint movements or yeah multi-joint
1: isolated so isolated would be one like a knee extension would be an isolated movement compound movement would be a bench press yeah shoulder pull down, Yeah so a lot like of that. these are compound
0: yeah. movements um a lot of them are more they're they're not as focused on how much weight you're using most of them actually have very little weight to them Um, you know, 15 pound kettlebells, maybe, or dumbbells are used in some of these, but it's more slow and steady, you know, just getting, just really getting a quality movement in building strength. And, And, and I'm doing it this way, because I personally believe, Randy, that our job as coaches, when it comes to strength is getting athletes to do things that are keep going to keep them healthy. And so mm-hmm. the, the last yeah. point I want to make on this is you talked about range of – it wasn't range of motion, but it was planes. Mm-hmm. So you talked about what do we do all day? We sit in chairs at office desks and things like that. Well, when we train, what plane are we always working in, Randy? The forward plane, right? Mm-hmm. We're always going forward. So I like to have my athletes work in the vertical plane. So I'll have them do band work where they put bands on their knee around their knees or their ankles and they're doing side steps, for example, to get the hip strengthened and get your body moving in a, in a plane that's not that in a plane that's not forward. Like that's not what you're going to repeat or, or get out of running, for example. So, um, I think that's super important. So Randy, I think what we should do and probably move on to top different topic, but one thing we should do. Yeah, I could talk about this all day. Yeah, me too. I think it's super important, especially this time of year. I mean, guys, if you're not doing strength, please start. And even if I have to give you some workouts, if I don't, you know, if you guys are just listeners and you don't have a coach and you want some examples and stuff, reach out to us. We'll share. We'll share workouts with you. Yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, we want you to have a good as a good season. We want you to be healthy. Strength. Strength work keeps you healthy it keeps you from getting injured so I would go as
1: if you don't want to hire me or, or to to prescribe a, a strength training program or whatever go buy Dixon's book we'll put it up we'll put a link up there
0: <clears throat> you need a drink brother
1: <laughs> I know you can uh you can buy it through our Amazon we'll get a couple pennies on the book but read the book yeah read the strength training it's it's great it's great but yeah we'll we'll share whatever you need but yeah feel free to reach out to me or Dave and, uh, I would love to, I will geek out on this
0: all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a super important topic this time of year, but I think we covered off on it. And like I said, on the resource page on the website, we'll put some, we'll put some sample workouts up, Randy, and I know I'll pull some. And like I said, I'll send them to you and have you, you've, you've seen them, but I'll, I'll have you, I'll have you add to them and, and, and we'll get some out there so folks can just pull them down.
1: No, they're all good. And I think the one thing that people don't do, though, is they don't make the workouts progressive. So they will continue to do the same stuff. So the real key takeaway, I think, is it's not necessarily what movements you're doing. Movements are important, don't get me wrong. But it is how those movements are done throughout your entire training, your entire annual plan. If you're not progressing the stress you will not get any ad- adaptation from your body.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Alright, so Randy, what I want you to do is go get you some water, dude. <laughs> I tell you right. I tell you to go get water and I hear a can open. It's a mill it's a Miller, Miller light. No, it's not. I know better. You don't drink. It's a Diet Coke is what it is. <laughs> it is exactly a Diet Coke.
1: It says share a Diet Coke with your loved ones and it's got uh it's got
0: snowflakes on it. It's really it's really pretty. Nice. All right, so we're going to, next up for today is Iron Fire. So we mentioned this last week, uh, and as early as this morning, I finally got the page up. Uh, You can go to octane-athletics.com slash Iron Fire, I-R-O-N-F-I-R-E, and you will find a little write-up about Iron Fire on that page. You'll learn about what it is, what we need you to do uh, to finish it, But essentially, in summary, quick summary, is you're looking to achieve 140.6 miles, 2.4 miles of swimming, which is uh, 3,800 meters or so, Uh, 112 miles of cycling, and 26.2 miles of running slash walking slash jogging, whatever you feel like doing there. Uh, In the month of January, we're doing it in January to kind of kickstart the year. Uh, I personally am looking very forward to participating in this myself. Um, if you complete that, you're going to get uh, a few things, a few pieces of of, uh, of cool swag out of it. You're going to get a uh, a bib that's going to have Iron Fire on it with your with your name. Uh, you'll have a number based on your that when you registered. And I think Randy was our first registrant, so he's going to be number one. Um, yeah. And you're going to get a medal, so we're design- we've are design. we got uh, medals in the works, so we've sort of designed them. We've got the metal company proofing that design, so uh, we can actually put a picture of that up, or a mock-up, or a comp of that medal online. I so think you- it should be
1: a caricature of your face, like, with the thumbs up. You know what it's
0: not going to be? What? That. A caricature, car- <laughs> caricature <laughs> of not your not face? It's not going to be that. Nobody wants to see to- my ugly mug, <clears throat> dude.
1: I had delusions of grandeur that I was going to complete this thing in a week until I completed your workout today, and I'm like, screw that. One week is not going
0: to cut it. You'll do it quicker than a lot of folks will. The third piece of swag you'll get is a T-shirt. We're going to do some tech tees, so this is something you can actually train in uh, proudly. And then the fourth piece of swag you'll get is you're going to get a little bit of a piece of uh, artwork that you can use to brag that you did the Iron Fire. So uh, be an avatar, kind of a deal that you can put on Facebook or wherever else, whatever social other social channel you use um, showing that you completed Iron Fire. A uh, little bonus, if you complete it faster than within the month, so if you complete it in a week, you get a, you're gonna get you going to get a special version of that that others won't get. Two weeks, you'll get another special version. Uh, and then three weeks, you'll get a, a different one. And then if you just complete it in the month, you're going to get the one that everybody that completes it within the month gets, which is going to be pretty damn cool in its own right. So uh, I think this is a phenomenal idea. I'm looking really forward to participating in it, Randy. I hope you are too. Um,
1: I think we should take this a step further, though. So what I want everyone to do is I want them to take pictures, selfies, whatever it is, while they're doing this, while they're completing this, and post them up on the Fuel Your Fire page. Post them everywhere. Put them on your Twitter Use the hashtag IronFire, And, uh, somebody that does that is going to, and it's not going to be anybody that finishes it in a certain amount of time. It's going to be, or some random person's going to get a cool prize. I don't know what it is yet. I still got to discuss that with Dave putting that out there. So the more you interact, the more likely it is you're going to win the mystery prize. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: I think behind door number three, we're going to be able to come up with some cool stuff. Cause we've got some folks that we're working on sponsorships with and, um, for example, the uh, classified guys were awesome on Sunday or yesterday about the uh, the run clinic. So maybe we'll work something with them. But uh, we'll get you, yeah, hashtag it and post your stuff on your social media. Invite your friends to do it. Uh, it'll be a really cool event for us all. And we hope you guys will participate. And I think it'll be a great way to kickstart 2016,
1: Randy. No, I agree with you. All, uh, all the Oats athletes better be participating. I
0: sure hope so. I mean, you know, if we can get if we can get them to, to do it, that'd be awesome. I think they'll do it though. So
1: let me tell you something, Dave. Tell me, my daughter's in town. My my oldest, seventeen uh, year olds in town from uh, her place in Nebraska. Yeah, and and we've been making uh,
0: chocolate covered peanut butter balls. That sounds that that sounds like a a homemade better version of a Reese's peanut butter cup. Am I on to something? You know here? what?
1: You're on to something because the the filling is basically peanut butter regular butter and powdered sugar and uh mini m ms mini m&ms and i gotta tell you dude it is so good it it literally makes my eyes roll back in my head yeah
0: well you know who's not you know who's not supposed to be eating that right now me i'm
1: dealing with that right now you or me or both of us you can eat it you can get away with it you lost
0: 40 pounds
1: not that that number's <laughs> is it dwindling quickly? <laughs> is it, is it, it's dwindling quickly. That's funny. Uh, no, it's uh, I'm still okay. Uh, but um,
0: you're fine, dude. You're fine. No,
1: I want to be, uh, I want to be svelte for the uh,
0: for Ironman Texas. You got to be, man. I'm telling you, it's going to be a huge benefit if you can be. So don't fall too far off that wagon, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna.
1: Hopefully I'll get my boots stuck in the wheel and just get drug along for a while and then hop back up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Um, I registered for my first race of the, of twenty sixteen. I tell you about this.
1: Is it the Austin uh uh mountain
0: bike race? Yeah, a sixty-two mile mountain bike race in uh in Austin. I'm gonna do it with uh Dr. T and a bunch of other guys. But Dr. T is uh Dr. Tribendis Ron. I talked to him about the, talk about him on the podcast a lot. Which, by the way, he's got his own podcast now. Did you know this, Randy? I had no idea. Recover Like a Pro. You gotta listen to it, man. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Ron is brilliant. He had Kip on last episode, which is his partner up at the clinic, and these guys talk about sharing knowledge. I mean, we're, we're big into that here, but that's exactly what Ron's doing, and that's, a, that's such a great place, man. We're, we're lucky to have it in town. I know you don't live very close to it, so you don't get to take those guys in very often, but they kill it up there, man. I don't mean just doing great business I mean they just do a really good job for uh, our community of athletes so recover like a pro podcast is something you ought to give a listen to you Randy and everybody else who's listening it's a good one I'm
1: gonna check it out for those three plus hour training rides that my coach yeah describes
0: me yeah you it's uh they're only gonna get longer
1: I know so. it. that's what just fascinates me <laughs> is <laughs> dude I was I was in the garage for so long today
0: yeah Man. well Come, Thank God uh, for technology. Come February, you'll be doing, you know, I don't know, probably three and a half, four hours on the weekend. So <laughs> enjoy that thought.
1: Yeah. Well, if I can get my butt out of bed at an early time, it won't be that big of a deal. It's just, uh, it's been tough, man. My daughter's been getting up quite a bit. She's regressing. I don't know what the deal is. Ava has? I I, yeah, I think I need to give her a little bit of bourbon before she goes to bed or yeah, something. Yeah, don't
0: do that. Just knocking right out. And by the way, don't say that on there. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Somebody couldn't call call CPS on you.
1: Yeah, because she she lives in such horrid conditions. Oh, I know. Our kids are so abused. Dude, I got so ticked off. I got all the kids here, and they all got their iPads. And I just got an iPhone 6, right? I just get my iPhone 6, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even have a 6S or 6B or whatever it is. I got the 6. Yeah. And because I had to get it from work,
0: it's because you're cheap. By the way, keep going.
1: Hey, listen, the five work just fine. (laughs) Um, Anyway, they've already got all these things. They got the iPads, they got the they got the MacBooks and everything else, and the Netflixes, and they don't even watch the TV anymore. It's just a I had this
0: conversation yesterday, Austin. We have the kids this week too, and Austin's here. And last, you know, he's old enough to where you can just ask him what he wants for Christmas. You know? Yeah. So are in the kitchen and we're doing something in there. We we pull him in there and we're like, hey, you know, we're struggling. Like, what do what else do you want for Christmas? Like, what do you want for Christmas? And he stands there for probably 15 minutes, Randy, and could not tell us what he wanted. I'm like, this is not. I said, I said to him, I looked at him, I said, this is not good for you, dude. This is this is an example of you having everything. (laughs) You're spoiled. (laughs) I told my kids, I'm like, you guys have nothing to look forward to, literally. Yeah. So, so Tristan, we're gonna knock it out of the park for him, though. I think we got some ideas for some things, but it's hard, hard man. Ask. Super hard. You better get on it, dude. You only have a
1: couple more. Now, I'm not days. scared,
0: dude. Don't don't you don't you worry about me. I got it. Under I the see. Control. I do all
1: my I, I Amazon for my sure. I Amazon. Year. Are you kidding me? Um. So Trist, <clears throat> Tristan, right? So we are having this conversation, right? And so. So I want to put all the kids in matching PJs mm. for Christmas morning, right? Yeah. Take pictures. Tristan's having none of it. This is stupid. I don't want to do this. Yeah,
0: well, tough titty. You're doing it.
1: Well, I'm, I'm telling him. I'm like, you, you, you realize what you're getting for Christmas, right? And because he already knows. So he's getting a 4K TV. Are you right?
0: serious? Yeah. You recognize this that is, as an adult, I don't have a 4K TV?
1: I don't have a 4K TV. Um but anyway, his dad's getting him a surround sound system and he's like, it's got it has pass-through for 4K. I'm like, dude, do you even know what 4K is? So anyway, don't get me started on that. So we get him the cheapest 4K TV we can find. Um, and I go, You realize, and we're driving, driving home yesterday, and I'm like, you realize I'm asking you to wear some red and green plaid pajamas and a t-shirt for a couple of hours, and you get a TV. That's it. Yeah. That's that." That's your extent of this deal. Is you've got to wear the PJs and take some pictures. I go. Any reasonable person would would take that deal in a heartbeat. He's like, yeah, I guess you're right. But he he, he, just,
0: he guesses you're right. <laughs>
1: but they don't get it, man. It's like,
0: hey, man, listen. We were both fifteen years old or fourteen years old or whatever he is. You know, he and Austin are about the same age, and yeah, we were both that age, and we were both the same way. So. I don't know, I try, bro. I grew up on
1: a farm in Nebraska. That's
0: true. You did. But, yeah. And I didn't. But, and my, yeah, but, but my I'm parents sure you're didn't. dead. I mean, my parents, I don't know. Maybe we just make too much money. That sounds terrible. But maybe we just either make too much or we provide. We, we spend. I don't think
1: it is, dude. I see a lot of kids run, run, rolling around with iPhone 6s and stuff. Yeah. I think it's just just the, the deal.
0: It's how things go these days, huh?
1: Well, we live, in a, I mean, we live in a pretty amazing country. This is, pretty, even,
0: regre- this is pretty quickly regressing to us yeah, being we, the two old guys talking about how we had to trudge to school, well, uphill yeah. both ways, barefooted in the snow.
1: <laughs> no, but I will say, when I, was, when I was growing up, I walked to the baseball park. Now it takes 35 minutes to drive him to baseball practice one way. No. Um, all right, so we're way off topic.
0: Yeah, it's okay, though. We need to do a little bantering every once in a while.
1: A little banter about the
0: children, yeah, the Chitlins, as I call them. How much? How much we spoil them? Yes. So Christmas is this week, Randy. Christmas. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna wish you and yours a merry Christmas and all the listeners. I, I hope uh, you guys have a great holiday. We uh, we're gonna sign off here pretty quick, but uh, we will. Randy and I will record again next week between Christmas and New Year's, and we'll. Again, talk about Iron Fire, but uh, for now, have a good holiday, right?
1: Everybody, be safe out there and uh, get your brains ready. get your Get your get the decision made. Iron Fire, January. Get your it's mind right.
0: Growth. Get your mind right. Get
1: ready for it. You better. You better enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Because January one, we're we're going swimming, biking, and running. Yeah.
0: Register now. octane athleticscom slash Fire. Randy. Holler at you later, brother. All right. Thank you, sir. Peace.